Welcome to another edition of Len's Burning Bush. I am Len Harvey. Before I bring on my guest, I want to talk about what's really burning my bush this week. Well, in typical 2020 fashion, Election Day has turned into almost Election Week. And it could go a lot longer. We have no idea, as they're still counting in several key states. But like everything else, I always think about ways I can make things better. Because, you know, that's what I do. It's all always about me and how I can make things better. The first thing is, why don't we standardize on an election process in every state? Wouldn't that make sense? Stop with the paper ballots. We're not living in the Industrial Revolution anymore. The technology is also there for no longer the need of mail-in ballots. Now, I totally get it. This year with the pandemic, we had to have mail-in ballots, and that's certainly fine. I've mentioned in previous episodes that a secure voting app on a phone or a computer could make things easier for everyone. Early voting, it was such a huge success, and you can make every library even accessible to people to cast their vote. I mean, I, I would think this could work. I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, which probably I am. With this method, all of the votes would get tallied by a computer immediately right after the process is over. I mean, American Idol takes about a million and a half votes over a commercial break. So I got to think that this could, could be done and done a little bit better. So I wanted to explain a little bit about my voting precinct. Um, they actually took my driver's license. They scanned it. Then they had me sign a tablet uh, and then gave me a paper ballot, which I then colored in to who I was going to vote for. Then I scanned it into a machine face up, and it gave me an American flag, which says, yes, I acknowledge my vote, and it worked. So why not an app then? You know, a phone or a computer with a scan ID ability, it seems pretty easy. Again, maybe I am crazy, but it just, you know, seems to be pretty easy to do. Well, why not, while I'm at it, I figured out why not I do change the whole process. We need to come up with a plan for elected officials. I'm always thinking, why not change the whole process? How about a six-year term for president with no re-election? Okay, no more presidents having to campaign in office, and they this way they could do their job the whole entire time instead of campaigning. I think that would work. Plus, senator in the House, one to two terms at most. We don't need you there for 40 years. It's kind of crazy. So before I go on and on about this and make myself even more crazy than I currently am, it's time to bring on my guest for the week, a friend for a very long time. She hosts the show Retro Radio Flashback on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Formerly, she hosted a show, Nothing But the Blues, which I remember from WFDU and Teaneck, the wonderful E.B. Fisher. E.B., welcome to Lens Burning Bush. And I hope you enjoyed my little rant on the whole archaic election process. Are you with me? It's too archaic. I have to say, Lynn, first of all, it's a delight to, to to see you in person and be able to to chat with you. And I have to concur with you on a number of things. Of course, here in New Jersey, we voted by paper this year. Uh, we were not permitted to go to the polls. Um, they were reserved for um, people who are normally the ones who are the ones requesting ballots. The the people who are uh, have have uh, dif- disabilities were the ones who were allowed to go to the polls. Those of us who had no disabilities this time were re- relegated to the paper ballot. I think there's been all sorts of problems with it. I happen to know somebody personally who, in fact, received more than more than his and her share of ballots. Um, and, and as for term limits, I'm totally with you on that. I'm. I think that's a wonderful notion. <laughs> no, you know, it's funny because they always, you know, I think it comes back to the tenure, right? 
when they had teachers with tenure and a, no Supreme Courts with lifetime, nothing should be for a lifetime. You should have to earn your spot Absolutely. all the time, right? No, nope. I completely agree. I think we can become complacent. And I think that, as you say, you're not earning that opportunity oftentimes if you know you've got it for uh, for an extended for for forever. <laughs> Yeah, and, and incumbency certainly has its its advantages when it does come to re-upping. So I think that there should be limits on on those those positions too. Yeah, I mean, I think it would make it better. You know, if you had a new president every six years instead of every four to eight, I think I think it would be good because, like I said, I can't stand the whole process because every president that has ever gotten elected, as soon as they get in, they're starting to think about the second term. And it often enough. seems that way. Yeah. You're right. I'd have to think that one through, but you're right. It does seem that they do spend a big part, chunk of time in that first term planning for the second. I mean, get the job done, right? I mean, yeah. this is what we, we, you know, well, we pay you for, right? The, the, the whole process, right? Exactly. That's, I think it's, it's kind of interesting. But anyway, I wanted to kind of bring in a little bit of humor to this as well. So my son, Stephen, um, you know, is going to be 21 in August of 2021. So the plan is going to be that we're going to go to Las Vegas because I love Las Vegas and he loves Las Vegas. And I have a feeling that they're still going to be counting ballots in November, in in Nevada, rather, by the time we finish to go to Vegas in September of 21. There was a meme. I thought you'd like this because I saw this and I thought of it. The year is 2023. The pandemic is over and you're out to drink with your friends. No masks in sight. You get home and turn on the TV and Nevada is still 86% of the ballots are counted. Can you count the damn things already? Crazy. I know. I know. This is just dragging on (laughs) it. And it's making such so much, so many people unhappy. I took calls. You know, mine's not a political show that I do. I took quite a few calls from, uh, we get, we get inundated with callers, first of all, but I couldn't know quite a number of them very concerned about this election, very upset in some cases. See, this is where I've, I differ from most people because I'm, I'm not like most people. You know that. You'd be working with me. You know that I'm a rare <laughs> well, breed. I do know that. Yes. You know that I'm a rare breed. And one of the things <laughs> I don't understand, and I raise my hand every time that I don't understand something, I don't know why everybody gets so involved with the political process. I, I talked about it a few episodes ago about the word fanatic. And I find it interesting. Sports has that, right, with the fanatics. But politics has become this, and I don't understand. It goes on in in, in, in the 70s and early 80s. You know, we had Carter, and we had the 17% interest rates, and the Iran hostage. Then we had Reagan. It, it'll, we will always persevere. Like, it, it, it just seems like it comes around again. And everybody gets so worried the world is ending. You know what? We woke up. The, the, the idea was Wednesday morning, we would have thought we would have had the election results. I woke up Wednesday morning like any other day, right? Thursday morning, I woke up any other day. It, it doesn't matter to me. I, I, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do whatever. Yeah, if somebody takes money out of my pocket, I'll be a little upset. But at the end of the day, I don't get involved. I don't, I don't feel the need to get that overly upset about anything to do with politics in general because it, it always straightens itself out eventually. Well, I have to say to that point, I think that uh – that there are very stark differences in this particular election. I do think that the, for the first time in my lifetime, I, I, I've never seen such a, a, a hunger for socialist uh, uh, beliefs. And I, I really, that, that I think has got people really looking at our, the future of the country in a different respect. However, I also believe 
you know what? It's we'll live to fight another day. I I think that you have to you do have to, you know, talk people off your ledge and talk yourself off the ledge sometimes, and just say you know as you say, we we wake up in the morning, we go about our things, and this country has survived bigger challenges or at least equal challenges, and we have come through, and we'll come through this too. There's a YouTube video, uh, George Carlin, of course, the late George Carlin, the great comedian. Yes. There's a there's an episode where he talks about the exact same thing. He talks about climate change. He talks about all these things that we think we are so obsessed with our lives that we think we 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 do all this stuff to the country, right? You need to uh, anybody needs to look, just look up on YouTube George Carlin talking about the environment, talking about politics. He is so right in so many ways, and it's just it's amazing that you know twenty years ago the same having the same conversation. I talk, I look at it as like a soap opera uh, from the from the seventies or eighties, and, and you know they would have a scene where they're at the hospital bed and they're just looking over the person that's dying, and they say, "Phil, did you hear me?" And six months later, you watch the episode, and they're going to the same thing and it's, Phil I said did you hear me I mean that's it's like we don't seem to move on you know it's it's just crazy no and you know you do make a very good point and I have seen that Carlin piece and it is very uh it, it's it's actually it's profound brilliant now. um but I have to say too if you think back and this politics aside you think back to uh, Al Gore's uh prophecy that we yeah. were going to be you know my gosh California would be in the drink by now and Utah would be the new coast these things have not come to pass. I mean, we are talking 20 some odd years later and we're still we're still making it work here and we're working toward trying to improve our environment and we will continue to work that way. Uh, some things are beyond our control, you know, and the things that we can correct about ourselves. I think we, I, I think generally speaking, the American spirit is alive and well and I think it will survive just about whatever can be thrown at it. I, I have to tell myself that because things don't always go the way I want them to either. And I, I, you know, now, as I'm sure you'd feel too, as a parent, you're more, you're looking more toward the future for your, for your kids. You, I mean, yeah, see, I don't care. Right. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just care well, about me. Go. I just that's, care. Yeah, it's yeah, way, that's the way you got to look at it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, I, I'd like to think that we're leaving a world decent enough for them to, uh, I, I look at it a little bit differently. I look at it as when you rent an apartment or you rent a house, you want to keep yeah. it nice, right? You want to you want to make sure that you're not living in filth, right? And right. it's the same kind of thing with Earth. We're, we're renting Earth. We want to keep it clean. want to do whatever we can. And if the next person's got to put in, you know, wall-to-wall -wall carpeting or whatever they got to do after we leave, that's their own business. They got to paint, right? You always have to upgrade after the person is is right even if they keep it as clean as whatever you don't want the stink of another person you want to have your True. own thing so that's kind of where i, I look wanna, at it. i do want to leave it structurally sound yes well of course <laughs> i i agree with you 100 yeah but again george Collin has a, a talk about it that we actually think a little too highly of ourselves at some point that we are affecting things a little bit more than when there was an ice age and there was no people and the whole thing. So I'm not going to get political here. I, I just want you to actually, understand. I, I know you don't want to go down that road, but I completely agree with you on that. I think we do give ourselves more credit than we, yeah. we deserve. We are just we're so not infatuated. All powerful. No, we are not the almighty Oz and we don't. Yeah, we're no. not. We're so I wanted to bring up since it was election day, I wanted to bring up a very important election 
And mm. I, this is the most important election. I think that, you know, they talk about all these other races. I think this was the most important of any race. So, and, and the good news is there's been a winner declared. There has okay. been, they were able to count the ballots. Uh, I think they, they might have been able to count them pretty quickly. So, um, here in Kentucky, there is a hamlet that we call Rabbit Hash, Kentucky. Now, you would like this place because a lot of motorcycle riders hang out, a lot of fun, a lot of music. It's, it's, it's a terrific place. But they have a mayor, and they had a mayor's race. But you would like this because Wilbur, a six-month-old French bulldog, actually won the race. And they started this tradition in the 90s where they would have a dog as the mayor. And I think that is about the best politician you can find. They don't talk back. A little barking once in a while, but they don't go on Twitter, right? This is the, this is the way of a the political candidate that I would want. And apparently just under 500 people live in Rabbit Hash. But, uh, you know, back uh, in the late 90s, it was a man named Don Clare who thought this was important. But uh, they'd actually got Wilbur's uh, owner or human to talk and they you know they said uh amy uh, nolan wilbur's human told nbc news that Nolan said the tradition emerged in the late 90s and um you know they're very happy that wilbur was uh, named mayor of rabbit hash so there you go a french bulldog so not only westminster they got a shot after westminster to do something different how about that i think i actually have read that story and i i guess it, i guess that probably works out all right since i don't particularly care for my current mayor in my town, I think a bulldog would be a step up. I, I, I think most of the mayors, if, if you if you polled dogs most for mayor. <laughs> dogs for mayor, I think exactly. Because, again, every once in a while you rub their belly, they're happy. It's all good. I think that's kind of what politics really should be about. The, they don't even use the indoor plumbing. They won't mess the bathroom. No, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, just make sure you let them out. You don't want to have a mess in the Oval Office or whatever office that's that right. they call um, in, in Rabbit Hash. They just kind of hang around right they they go to That's the funny. general store that town was that town was in kentucky yeah it's right it's right it's actually within 15 minutes from where i live and we go there oh. um and we love rabbit hash and it's a terrific place they've got the general store a few years ago they had unfortunately had a fire but then they rebuilt the store and we have friends that work there and uh there's a lot of motorcycle riders that that ride down to rabbit hash it's beautiful overlooking the ohio river and it's tremendous and they have a dog that's a mayor and they're the ones that are doing it right wow there you go there you well you know what i think i think <laughs> i think it's proof that if a dog can do the job anybody can exactly it's just it it's all gone the show has gone to the dogs but it's always good to do that you got to go yeah. to the dogs every once in a while so you and i work together um at wfdu in teaneck 89.1 and you're still doing some work there i used to love uh doing the news for you when you had the nothing but the blues show now you've yeah. made it a little more retro, which I love even more, by the way. Let Do me tell you, you something. That? I love that the retro. Not, that was met with a lot of controversy. Ooh, we uh, did okay. change over about four years ago. And it was, uh, it was, you know, we left a lot of the the eclectic audience behind that had enjoyed the the mix-up of, well, yes, I did the blues. But, of course, as you might recall, we had country and yeah. bluegrass and alternative rock. And a lot of that was left on the cutting room floor. And, unfortunately... Uh, it was an angry period of time that we went through. I think that's pretty much settled out, and it does seem that this has absolutely taken off. So I, I congratulate management on having the um, 
the, the making the decision and having the chutzpah exactly to stick with it. So I mean, in you know, when the it was kind of an unpleasant, unpleasant episode. So yes, it's worked out great for us. I've actually enjoyed it. It's funny that they would go this route because I had oftentimes thought I'd love to get an evening show on the weekends where I could do like a 70s program. I thought that might be a lot of fun. And I never did get around to pursuing that. And yet this retro thing sort of satisfies that that yeah. desire. I, I like it. Um, and, you know, it reminds me of uh, listening to Sirius XM and listening to uh, Casey Kasem counting down the top 100 of all time, you know. Right. And that, that could be you, a little retro from the 70s. And why is the dog barking in the background? Yeah, the Casey Kasem. So go back to the right, dog. Right, right, right. So how, do, uh, how can people that are not in the New Jersey area listen to you on your program? Well, thank you. They can go. First of all, we're available on iHeart. We have our own, uh, our own, uh, what do I want to say? Our website, no, our website address. They can yeah. go. They can access us that way, which is wfdu.fm. Okay. Um, you just hit the listen tab, and it's really simple. In fact, a lot of people like to use video. I'm not big on the video. Um, it's a 6 a.m. show. I don't always want to have to pull myself together and look great for the camera, so I keep the cameras off. But uh, it's 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 almost impossible to miss us these days. I, there are a number of ways. TuneIn, I think, has an opportunity to find us. It's it's almost impossible not to find us as it as it really is at the moment. So yeah, nowadays you can consume just about anything you want at any time you want. And it's amazing. It, it really is. And that's uh, hence the show, how I started with, with Lens Burning Bush. So it's kind of the same thing. You can, I just figured you sit down, you, you do the show and that's it, right? You, you do a, it's, it's, it's uh, just getting to the microphone and anybody can do this. And that's why, you know, it's. Uh, well, that's not true. Len. No, not I'm just, just kidding. Anybody I'm... can do it. And you know it, you, you have a style that it's in, inimitable, but I will say that um, inimitable. I did say yeah. that the right time. Um, the, uh, the, just like your program, we also have the archives. So it's not just a case of being able to find you. They can listen to you anytime they want at their own leisure, which is rather nice. That's how I caught up with some of your shows. Well, and I like that. And I, you know, we got to listen to you uh, doing the retro stuff. So retro 70s, uh, 80s, wh what kind of music do you play? Actually, our, our format takes you as, cheap uh, as we start as early as this, the 40s and 50s, if you're so inclined. 60s 70s 80s uh take it right through the 90s and even early 2000s which believe it or not now you're talking about 20 years old music oh. anyway so uh hard to imagine that is i always <laughs> like to say when i do a pool party at my house i i i am the music guru uh i put put out music and i've got in my playlist uh about 500 or so songs that i i leave out and we I call it like, you know, the best mix of the 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and today. Because I just have all different genre. I mean, I can go from Johnny Cash to Def Leppard to Nirvana to whatever. It's kind of a weird, or even Eminem or, you know, it's uh, 50 Cent. See, so. I'm the same way. Yeah. I am the same way. I do find enjoyment in all sorts of music, so. Love it. Well, yeah. you know, we both uh, have, have children. Uh, you have two. I have two, right? Is that uh, correct? Do yes, I, do and I get roughly that? the same ages, which I hadn't realized. Yeah. I, I know you just posted a picture of your daughter. I think it was a young picture. Of yeah. Her. Was she a cheerleader or a soccer player? Yes, yeah, she's 17 now. Yes. Yeah, so. 17. 17. My goodness. Uh, and my son will be 21, and you're, 
your daughter Samantha. My daughter is, just yeah. turned 22, and my son just turned 20, actually, this month. Wow. So yeah. there you go. So you've had two, I had two, but how about 14? How about that? There's actually a, a couple <laughs> that had 14 sons, and apparently they waited and waited until they finally uh, got a little girl. Uh, Kateri Schwant and her husband Jay welcomed daughter Maggie Jane uh, this past Thursday, finally giving their 14 sons a baby sister that they had asked for. But more importantly, they apparently have a show also, but I'm not going to get into too many details. 14 children and they're 45. Did they Did they even, I mean, you wow. know, sometimes you pass each other in the hallway, but I mean, really, get off each God other. God bless them. You know, yeah. I have to drink a little bit more than Chardonnay, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not handle more than the two that I've got. I always like to say that children are wonderful 80% of the time, but it's the 20% that you want to take your eye out with a pickaxe. And that's, oh, you're so right. oh, it's just exhausting. Um, and no one, you know, it's funny. They have, they have so many books. They talk about that. You know, one of the things that um, I find interesting about children is that it doesn't really come with any kind of manual. There is hundreds of books written by people that didn't have children. They have this, kind of a degree in whatever, and they think they know it. But until you, you clean a, another kid's nose and do all the disgusting things that, that we do as a parent, I don't clarify that as you need a little more training, right? Yeah, right we walk books. the walk. Walk the walk. You know, it's funny. When you go into a supermarket, and before you had children, I guarantee you did this, you walk into a supermarket and you see a mother disheveled and a father disheveled, and the kid is screaming on the ground, wanting a Snickers candy bar. And your first reaction was probably, if I have children, that would never happen to me. Right? And it's then like once. The crying child yeah, on the plane. Yes. Shut the kid up already. Right? Yeah. Okay. Right? Like it's so easy to do. Right. So I, I like to say at that point is until you've actually done that. So what was uh, with that being said, what was disgusting before you had children doesn't even hit the <laughs> nail. Right. Because I found it interesting when I first had children and then you would get around other children and, you know, you would walk up to them. They got something running from their nose. You just grab a napkin and do it. Before you had yeah. kids, you'd be like, I'm not touching this kid. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it works. So it's just. Oh yeah, it's so true. Oh, it, it, it does adjust your your viewpoint of everything, yeah. <laughs> of many things. Yes. So apparently, so if you really want to, Eb, I'll mention it. The family of fourteen and now fifteen children has a live stream streaming program called Fourteen Outdoorsmen, which they apparently have to change now. Uh, and they made headlines in the past year if they've added the family abroad and all this other stuff. Uh, you know, fifteen children. I hope that's enough. I mean. That's crazy. Well, you know what? I, I hope they hope they can manage it because it is a lot of work. I know I had a lot of work just doing too. Right. So. Well, you think there should be term limits in Senate? I mean, come on, 14, 15 kids? <laughs> I mean, shouldn't there be a limit? But anyway, <laughs> this is kind of interesting. So I hope, uh, you know, as a kid, did you ever like comic books? Because I was wasn't a big comic book person. No. Well, Why? you should have been. No, no, no. I'm, I, you should have been because apparently there's a Batman comic book back in 1939. And it's worth how much? Well, that's what I'm getting to. It was 10 cents back in 1939. Yeah. So apparently a collector just paid. You ready for this? Are you sitting down? Yeah. $849,999.90 for this Batman comic book. It was Detective Comics number 27, a vintage comic 
which the Cape Crusader makes his first appearance, and there are fewer than 70 copies available. So $850,000 for I'm Batman. That's crazy. Wow. That is crazy. You know, actually, along those lines, my, my son has been uh, interested in uh, collectibles, and that's the new thing. But he's, he's sort of looking into our rookie baseball cards. That's the big thing. You want to get that good rookie, I guess, that, you know, in 10 years out, he'll be a, a star and you'll have his rookie card. Well, let me tell Max, and I just want to <laughs> bear him for the – I want to make sure he understands this. There's a Netflix show that he needs to watch. That was great in the 1980s. It doesn't seem like it's working right now. So just – Really? Yeah. It's not as popular uh, of a deal. And I've got a ton of baseball cards, so I'm with him. But unfortunately, the adults ruined the sport, so to speak. So the adults went ahead and, you know, they ran up the prices and they went down. And um, now people, you know, it's hard to buy. But there's a Netflix show about baseball cards. And I can't remember the name of it, but it, it is on Netflix. And uh, there's this guy that his father owned a, a, a coin shop or a, mm-hmm. uh, one of those autograph shops and with baseball right. cards. And then he later, the father was dying or whatever, and he was trying to go through it. So didn't think he thought it'd be worth a lot more than it was and it's not so i just wanted to you know i again mm-hmm. i don't want to be the the one that you know the bearer of bad news he can certainly have a great hobby but it's not as big of a deal as it used I to be i will definitely pass that along <laughs> look I, into that show yeah you look in look into that and just say look watch this max because it you never know what's uh so right. just wanted to make right. sure so okay thank you for the tip hey you know i'm sorry i don't mean to burst people's bubble but this is what i'm here <laughs> I for i gonna say no you won't burst his bubble <laughs> no i love that he's got a passion see i think everybody should have a passion at something right mm-hmm. we haven't figured out in i don't know 50 plus years i haven't figured it out either what my passion is but it, it's certainly a passion of something we'll uh we'll do it and uh, hope- you know i think your passion has always been media and in fact yeah. when we were talking off mic i was shocked to find that your career took a turn in a direction that was not solely media directed I, I, I always thought you were I, I thought you'd never left it well to be honest I still do a little bit on the side I still do uh, high school football play-by-play I, I've, I've stayed involved right. with a lot of stuff as you know I did fairly Dickinson University and some other uh, things uh, in terms of play-by-play so I've always stayed with it the problem with it was that unless I was willing so so I did the stupid thing uh, in my 20s I should have moved to like Des Moines Iowa and, and, you know, done minor league baseball. I thought I could make it, you know, in New Jersey and New York. And, and I did make it to a degree. But you were uh, one of the best. Well, I appreciate that. That's very kind of you. And you'll get your check in the mail. We can actually Venmo it now. We don't need a mail. But see, getting right. back to, again, where we have the futuristic tools, we can do this a little bit better. No, I, I, I appreciate that. But you know, even talking with agents and things, you know, in, in the line of work that I wanted to do, which was sports play by play, you know, like a like um, Joe Buck. Right. I wanted to be mm-hmm. that kind of situation. Marv Albert, as a kid, always wanted to do that. And I probably could have done it had I gone to Iowa and then moved around because I got told I was very good. But at the same token, you start to get in your 30s and you're in your with a family and I'm not moving at that point. I already had moved to Kentucky and I'm like, I'm not. I'm not moving again. So that was the uh, the drawback. So in my 50s, I decided why not have a podcast? That was mm-hmm. to get back into it. That was what it is. So Lens Burning Bush is born, right? I love it. I'm glad that you're doing this. Well, thank you. It's so nice of you. And um, so, you know, these celebrities are always uh, 
with these big houses and they're making a fortune on some of these houses. First of all, I don't understand why you need a house that's that big. You know, houses, four bedroom, <laughs> any more than four bedroom, right? two and a half bath is a it's little a bit much. It's a nightmare. It is. But Rob Lowe, who has not aged a bit since the, uh, since the 80s, right? Have you seen yeah. Rob Lowe recently? He looks exactly the yeah. same on those uh, yeah. commercials, right? Um, but Rob and Cheryl Lowe, they, they showed their patience. They listed their home in 2018. Now, I'm, I'm, you know, I know you could afford this, $47 million. And right. then in 2019, $43 million. Can you imagine the taxes on that in New Jersey? Oh, I don't even want to think about that. <laughs> and the little bit of land that they get along with it. Oh, yeah. The little bit of post postage stamp. The postage but, stamp. Exactly. But you should not be uh, upset. Robin, Robin uh, and Cheryl Lowe are going to be okay. They sold their home for $45.5 million to the co-founder of the Roundtable Healthcare Provider. So that's where all your healthcare money is going to somebody who can buy Rob Lowe's house. So I wanted to bring this up because I saw this. You know how things are just really gaudy, like just you, overly yeah. greedy. You just don't right. need some things. So I wanted to bring this up for you. Apparently a guy named Don Nolte built it back in 2009, in right? So not, two, not 2019, 2009. And it's 10,000 square feet. So just to give you kind of a, a perception here, my house is about 2,400. Yours is probably... In the 2000s. Yeah, right. Yeah. So so normal people live that way, right? Like we live. I think I'm normal. Well, you, you well, kind of. We're, we're, we're in that realm where it, it's questionable. Normal. It's questionable. But, but anyway, so this 10,000 square foot home. Now, apparently it's got 20 rooms, uh, a large open formal room, a huge uh, white and cheerful family kitchen, a separate catering kitchen, which I guess if you entertain, right? Oh, uh, those come in handy. Yeah, eight bedrooms. Because, you know, you, you want to sleep in a different room every night. Um, Absolutely. 11 bathrooms. Now, would you try all 11 bathrooms out? That's the question. I probably would. <laughs> you probably would. I would. Because I got four. Um, we've got a, a bathroom downstairs in the basement. We've got a bathroom, half bath in the uh, downstairs as well. We've got. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think I would. You like to pop in on all I like to pop but in. I, just, see, I like to keep things nice and clean, so I would probably seal these rooms off. Yeah, no, see, I don't care about that. But yeah, <laughs> so apparently, eight, uh, 11 bathrooms, an office, a library, music room with a bar. Now that's kind of good. I would say that that's cool. That's you, very cool. You got to have a bar. Uh, you know, family rooms, various conversation room. What is a conversation room? I guess when you've stopped listening to the music, you can walk into another room and and chat. Do we need all these rooms? A conversation room, really? Rob Lowe, I mean, I love it. He's got a podcast a lot more successful than I will ever be. He's a well, great... Well, perhaps he does his best talking in that room. Yeah, and that's why he had to sell it. Maybe that was why they had to sell it. But a, a conversation room, nooks, movie theater, a well-equipped gym, an expansive wine cellar, which you would like. Oh, yes. Um, and, and get this. So, I don't know. Do you have a fireplace in your house? Yes, I do. Okay, so I do too. I have a wood. I have a, a what you call it fireplace, uh, gas gas fireplace, yeah, right? That's what and I then have. I've got one that we've got downstairs as an electric one, just because it looked good. Mm-hmm. But this particular house, nine indoor fireplaces. They live in California. Does it that's even crazy. get that cold? I mean, come on, nine, and then only one master suite. So they wow. have all these rooms, 
and they have one master suite. That doesn't make any sense to me. I would make several <laughs> master suites, right? Yes. Probably, if you're gonna have right. eleven bathrooms, I mean, you should be able to do that. And I'm sure they they have it, but it's not really called a master suite. Or in some cases, in the Canadian world, it's called an ensuite, right? Right. Because right. I watched. Uh, you watch those house shows. Yeah, I watched the house shows with the. Uh, what what's that show? Uh, uh, not sell this okay. house. I'm trying to think of what's the one where the woman and the man they uh, one wants to keep the house, the other one wants to sell it. Love it or list. Love it, it or list it. There you go. See, I, I knew I, I knew I brought you on for a reason. Um, lo go. Love it or list it. They call it an ensuite, um, and that's yes, in, that's in right. Canada. So uh, interesting. This is the uh, things we talk about on Lens Burning Bush. Forty five and a half million dollars. I, you might have well have might as well have just lit twenty dollar bills in the driveway, because yeah, it's just crazy. What do you need a house that big? I always yeah. tease about California because a lot of the times I, I remember having a boss that had a house, you know, very modest ranch, twelve fourteen hundred square feet, and it was nine hundred thousand dollars. So mm -hmm. I say, if you move to Kentucky, you 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 would get you know four times the house for four times less the price. That's, and six times the land. Yeah, exactly. So I don't understand that. Um, I don't understand forty-five and a half million dollars. I know when you make it, you want to. You know, I would. I would probably put a bowling alley in my house if I could. You know, maybe there two. There are people who would do that, and I got to be honest with you. As much as I don't, I don't relate to it either. I'd take it if you gave it to me. Well, yeah. I I'd mean, have fun. You would. You would have fun, and I think that that's what you know you would want to do with your house, but. Forty-five and a half million dollars, a little bit obscene, but but apparently they sold it, so we should give them credit. Uh, and somebody who works for a healthcare provider bought it, so there you go. There's where your healthcare money's going, and that's we figure these things out on lens burning bush, right? You it's scary. It is very scary, <laughs> just like the just like the election process, just like so we we we've kind of just to recap. We need an app for our phone for the, for the election process. We need term limits for children to have amount of children, and we need term limits for for Congress, right? That's right. There, and there, and then have, there have to be caps. Maybe there should be a cap on what kind of a house you buy too. I mean, maybe you don't need ten bedrooms, right? Give right, a bedroom right, to somebody else. They could solve the homeless problem. They could solve the homeless problem right there in in in, in Los Angeles by giving one of those rooms away every night. <laughs> That's right. That's right. There. See, I figure all these things out. See, I'm giving it. I'm giving it. Wow. Just, it's crazy. Well, You're just full of solutions on this program. I didn't realize that I'm going to have to listen to all of the past episodes. You, you do, because I don't know half the things I've said over the course of it. So 31 <laughs> episodes. It's a lot of listening. Um, and, you know, I do a half an hour of most of these shows and we've gone over a little bit. But, you know, it's just a tremendous to see you. Have tremendous to talk to you. Yeah, it's amazing wow, it goes very quickly doesn't it yeah and one more time give out the uh wfdu so they can listen to evie fisher with her retro program give it up i do appreciate it thank you it's wfdu.fm if you're listening online it is we're available on iheart and if you're in the new york metropolitan area it's 89.1 fm 89.1 the voice of fairly dickinson university i remember that. that's right the right place to the be right, on the, on the left, left side, side of the, the dial, dial. <laughs> I used to love the Paul's Mo You know what's funny? I used to love the Paul's Motors Volvo ad. And then there was a there was one brought to you by a grant from such and such from Lansing, Michigan, 48901. And the fact that I still remember the zip code That's from Lansing, funny. Michigan, and that is all because like I learned things from television and radio that people wouldn't know. There was a, a question and I brought this up on a previous episode uh, on Jeopardy one time and and this Bolero composer blah 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 uh, wrote whatever, and I wrote, I told 
who is Ravel? And Susan goes, how in the world did you know that? I said, because in 1979, Bo Derek told me in the movie 10 that the best song to make love to is Ravel's Bolero. So there you That's go. Right. That's how. So I learned right. these things. And just like wow. uh, Paul's Motors Volvo taught me how to do the, the zip code for Lansing, Michigan. You really do retain the, the useless information. Absolutely. <laughs> Although They're, it comes in handy yeah, on they, occasion. Yeah, if, we so ever, if, you if you're, you and I ever go on trivia night, you'll want to have me on your team. That's all. Yes, indeed, I would. Well, my best to your family. Uh, there was, a, there was a, a broadcaster back in the day, uh, may he rest in peace, the late Ed Bear, who would say, my best to the family. He says, Ed Bear says, thanks so much for listening. My best to the family, and we'll have to have lunch sometime. So hopefully after 20-something years, we can have lunch at some point I when things are, that. you know, and, and my best to your husband, Andy. Uh, it's been a long time. I, I don't know if you're... your wife, Sue, yes. and your beautiful family. Yes, your beautiful, beautiful kids. Yes, exactly. You can like Lens Burning Bush on Facebook at Lens Burning Bush. You can follow at Lens Burning Bush on Twitter. Listen on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, iHeartRadio. Tune in. And now, EB, please ask Alexa to play Lens Burning Bush. <laughs> Will do. Alexa, please play Lens Burning Bush. There you Thank go. You, there you go. It's right. You could say that. We're in 26 states, District of Columbia. I actually got a download in Switzerland. And I've always said that I'm kind of Switzerland because I'm kind of neutral. So there you go. So <laughs> Switzerland is in there. UK, Ireland, they Germany. Over there. They love me in Switzerland, Alberta, Canada. And I, I, I got a download in Japan. I think it was a mistake, but you know, we're, we're okay. But uh, thanks for listening. Thanks to E.B. Fisher. I'm Len Harvey. We'll be back again with another episode of Len's Burning Bush next week. So long.